Welcome to the Mompreneur Exclusive. I'm your host, Nicole Richardson, and this is where we are dedicated to celebrating and empowering women who balance motherhood and entrepreneurship. Here, we bring you inspiring stories from women who have taken the leap to start their own businesses, overcome challenges, and are in their pursuit of entrepreneurship and motherhood. Join us as we learn more about their journeys, share tips and advice, and discuss the unique experiences of being a mompreneur. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be motivated and encouraged on your own entrepreneurial journey. Let's get started. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Mompreneur Exclusive. Today, we are chatting with Regina Sloan. She's a wife, mother of four, with ages between toddler and teenager, nurse, investor, podcaster, life coach, and I mean, just an all-around amazing human being. Listen in as we go all the way back to hear about the seeds that were planted into her as a young child, how they took root and have molded her into the woman that she is today. In this episode, she also shares her passion of helping women with her life coaching business, help them overcome mental barriers and blocks from the conditioning that society ingrains in us as young children, and we dive into how failing is all a part of the process. This episode is such a goodie. So without further ado, let's get into it. How's it going? Good. How are you? You look beautiful. Oh, thank you. So do you. You, you look you. very like Hawaiian type. Too. <laughs> I'm probably because I was, at the, I, was um, I was at the pool two days. So. Oh, nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. What's the pictures? Do you make those on your own? Oh, girl, no. My husband's an artist. He um, paints. There's a Nipsey Hustle up there. Oh, yeah. Uh, so these are just some of his paintings. And are those those are words right there, right? It's just yes. Like yes. So what he does, like if you see the Nipsey up there, what he does is all of them start out with words, and he does those by hand. He hand paints these, and so he'll have like a quote or something like that, and then he puts faces over them. He does like a lot of them. He's got like a Michael Jordan and all kinds. That is dope. Really cool. Yeah, he's been a tattoo artist for like. 15 years probably now and like a year or so ago he got into like canvas painting and in uh mural painting so he's done like I don't know if he's done LA they're a little bit in LA but he's done like Vegas he's got like a big mural wall out there and he travels around doing that kind of stuff oh that's awesome does he do your tattoos also oh yeah he's done all of these mm-hmm. oh nice nice yeah well look let me jump right in because I'm <laughs> Slicing that all of that into this episode. Let's go. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me today. Super appreciative that you are taking the time out to uh, join me and do this podcast with me. So thanks for showing up. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me a little bit about who Regina Sloan is. Yes. So I'm a lot of things, but we'll keep it concise here. Um, I am a wife. Talked a little bit about my husband already. Um, I am a mom. I have four children. Their ages, one has turned three, three, five, 13, and 17. I have been a nurse for 10 years now, so I still work in critical care and ICUs. I'm uh, doing contract at the moment. And my husband and I, were investors, so we just recently flipped our first project. 
Um, I have a podcast as well. And my baby, my business I'm building um, is my life coaching business. And so that's what I primarily focus most of my time on. Nice. So 10 years, ICU. You've been in ICU the entire 10 years. No, I've been all over the place. I've pretty much been in every arena on the inpatient side, um, in management on down. Um, and I've spent the last, I think, four or five years now in ICU. Wow, nice. Okay. And you're located where? In Indianapolis. Indianapolis it's somewhere what so what high school did you go to I need to know because I'm yeah. and I'm like we we probably have crossed paths at some point right what yeah I went to Warren I graduated oh. in 08 okay okay yeah so I know a, a few people who went to um Warren also most of them graduated 06 with me though so yeah okay yep mm-hmm. yeah pretty cool pretty cool yeah. okay so kids 3 5 13 and 17 okay so you have like a nice gap like I have also how's yes. that been for you with it <laughs> you know what staggered also too so yeah um you know, when we had the third one, so the five-year-old, like, you know, it had been a waste since I had had a baby. Um, that was really fun, right? Because like we hadn't had a baby in the house a long time. It was fun. Of course, we forget all of the like late night breastfeeding and all that stuff later, right? Of course, all that was happening. So that was hard. But I think that having my youngest was probably the hardest because when I had her three years ago, like my oldest was just kind of getting his groove in teenhood. And I had the tween-ish, I think she was. Um, and the problem was like, not problem, what made it difficult was like they were doing all the things. And I was, I had a toddler plus a newborn and I exclusively pumped. So that means like every three hours I was on a pump all day and night for the first year, I think year and a half almost. So that made things really hard. So like, I was always like driving into basketball practice, basketball training, driving here and there and just got like my uh, automatic, you know, the pump thing in the car going like that just was my life. So that's what I remember about having the youngest for sure. <laughs> wow. That's, that's different. You know, I, with my youngest, he's seven now I had, I breastfed both of my kids actually, but uh, for the youngest, I did him the longest. It was, mm. I'm, I'm even like ashamed to even say it. It's 15 months. <laughs> no. Girl, you by people. <laughs> People breastfeed three, four. I know. But you know what? It's because like, I, I feel the back, the back end of it. Like I never pumped. So he was exclusively on me all the time. And so he's seven and he's going to kill me for saying this, if he finds this, you know, later on, but he still like sleeps in the bed with me. He'll now I've just gotten him to start, you know, sleeping in his bed, but in the middle of the night, he still finds his way into my room and I'm Mm -hmm. like carrying him back. And he always wants to lay on my chest. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it was that doggone breastfeeding. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe he just really, you know, like I think my my last one is kind of like that emotional. I could tell, like, you know, she just gets a good feel of like rubbing on us and like skin to skin, all that. So maybe uh, speaking of that, I'll have to share her contact information with you. But um, my friend Embrielle is a lactation consultant and all the things like that, and she's um entrepreneur as well and a stay at home mom, and she has so much insight that I think you would love to have her on to talk about that and health and all of that. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I don't regret it. I don't regret it at all. Um, I, I had been a, you know, I stay at home at the time. So it worked out perfectly. 
um, yeah. for me. And it was, it's a different type of bonding experience with them also. Right. So yes. yeah, I know he's going to be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, if he's listening, it is completely normal. And I'm just grateful that your mom got to do that for you. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. <laughs> so how was that with you? So you were working at the time also with nursing and do you have like the, the regular, like, I guess it's a regular nursing schedule where it's four days, 12 hour shifts. Yeah. So I work, it's three, usually it's three shifts, 12 hours. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, I work nights and, um, with speaking of that, like I'm at this point now where like, since I work nights and then I have to like sleep the next day, right. Like at least some of the day, it just takes up a lot of time. Some of the point now, um, like, should I continue working? Should I not? And just that way I have all that to throw into everything else we're doing, but currently I'm working. We're having a discussion, my husband and I, but um, yes, I had my last one actually COVID year. So I didn't really work most, most of that year. Like I remember like COVID kind of hit crazy here, like in April or so. And they took, I got off the floor and was just doing like office work type of things. And then I ended up being at home. I didn't even go back to work really to like November, December. So I took a, a good amount of that year off. Um, and so, yeah, like my last two, I pumped at work and, and that's a whole headache being a nurse trying to do that, but yeah, made it work. Yeah. So how do you like like the ICU and being a nurse? And did you always think that like you were going to go into that field? Yeah, like um, I really feel like the reason I chose nursing, honestly, like I have a heart to help to serve like period. Right. But the reason it was nursing, it was really my grandma put that in my ear like a long time ago. Like you're going to be a nurse. And I talk a lot about that, like on my podcast in different spaces about how like our children, at least till age seven, like their mind is just wide open. Like we're creating their belief systems around like, you know, people and life and ourselves and all that. And that's just what I always heard. And I really, truly believe that that's where it came from because I don't, there's nothing else that points to anything else. Um, and so with nursing, I don't regret it at all. Like oftentimes I get asked that because I'm kind of switching gears and going to something else. But um, what I found in nursing, one, I decided to jump into entrepreneurship because I want to like make millions, right? Like I want to make really good money for a lot of different reasons. And I can't do that bedside. Um, and, and, and also to add on to that, because I could also, you know, be an entrepreneur as a nurse, yes, you know, sir. that kind of thing too. Um, I just find that in my years of being a nurse and working with and taking care of thousands of people at this point, that yes, physical health is a thing and it's a problem, but a lot of, lot more of people's issues is like their minds, like how they see things, what they believe is possible, what they believe is normal, what they believe, you know, they should be doing, like all these different mindset nuances, even when it comes to health, like a lot, if you look at the research, most of people's health issues are preventable. And a lot of that starts, you know, in how they choose to uh, treat their physical body, how they choose to eat, what they even try to put in their mind, like a lot of research now, is showing us that our mind is really connected to the health of our bodies. So it's different, but life coaching really is the same in a lot of ways. And a lot of the skills that I learned in my nursing around communication, observing people, reading body language, dealing with all different kinds of situations, whether it be emergency or social or just everything has really just transferred and made me that much of a better coach for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So how long has it been since you have kind of shifted gears into life coaching? Yeah. So I have been coaching since 
before COVID actually, like friends and family, anybody that would let me, I, I originally got certified financial coaching, like where I was just focusing on people's personal finances, because that's kind that was kind of like the big shift for me as an adult was, man, like all this debt, how do we get out of it? I didn't even know I had it. You know, even like school loans, I didn't even know. It sounds crazy, but I didn't know that when I graduated, I had six months to start paying them. Like, I didn't even think about that. That wasn't even something anyone told me. And so they're like calling me. I'm like, I'm not paying that. You know, just like, it's crazy how you look back and you don't even think about those things. So we, I was at one point, my husband and I was just in a lot of debt and we want to buy a house and all that. So we were able to turn that around. And, and that's when I jumped into coaching in that space. But um, that's not really where my heart space was. So, I, you know, a lot of it's just, again, finances goes back to mindset and how we view things, what we think is important, what we place value on. Um, so I, I started off there and then I transitioned. I actually got a life coach and a, a conscious parenting coach like that worked with me one to one and helped me. And so me just being able to have those breakthroughs in a lot of different ways, I just it just pulled me closer in like, man, this is how I want to be helping people. And so um, I transitioned to actual full on life coaching as a profession earlier this year. So did you feel like that you had to overcome like any barriers switching from nursing into life coaching, like full on, or like, were you just like, this is what I'm going to do and I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hell yeah, I did. Because, and, and even still I'm a lot better now, but like when you have always worked for someone else, I've always had a job. I've always clocked in. I always had insurance. I always had PTO. Um, and then when I remember, like when I was kind of playing with the idea of like, I'm going to do something other than nursing. Like I would say it kind of, but not really. But when I decided I'm, I don't, I'm not retiring as a nurse. So let me go and make this contract money, which is why I left where I was working um, to just increase my funds to, you know, get all our finances together and things like that. Um, I still had to like work through a lot of imposter syndrome and a lot of, well, I'm working for myself. So now I have to answer all these questions. Whereas before my boss answered them, like, you know, what do you do? When do you do them? Like I went to work and I, and I still, I go to work and I know, you know, what my job description is. I know when I clock in, clock out, but when you're working for yourself, like you're the CEO, you have to decide all of that. And oftentimes you don't know what the best or right decision is. So it is definitely night and day transitioning from working for someone and working for yourself hundred percent. Yeah, no, for sure. It's like you're wearing like 17 hats of doing all the things, learning all the specifics of everything, you know, teaching yourself on how to do this, how to run the back end, and then yeah. also focusing on your clients, right? So yeah, it's it's a lot when you're like, even not just so much switching, but when you decide to dive into just the world of entrepreneurship in itself. Yeah, starting anything yourself, yeah. Listen, I know what it's like when you're just getting started in your business and you're really unsure of what's missing, where to start, or what to do next. But what you do know is that without a doubt, you're ready to create the life you want that gives you the freedom and the flexibility to do work that you're actually passionate about so that you can financially support yourself and your family. I've created a free resource with you in mind. It's my ultimate online business checklist. In this checklist, you'll find everything that you need to get started, from the foundations of creating your business to business and brand development, 
and just knowing exactly what tools you actually need so that you can weed out the ones that you don't and begin to establish your virtual assistant, coaching, or consultant business. No need to watch endless hours of YouTube or Google your way through what to do next like I had to do in the beginning. Download this starter kit today and start building the momentum you need to identify your next action steps for starting or growing your online business. Go to mompreneurexclusive.com forward slash checklist to get your free copy today. So what are some things like that your clients come to you for? What are the, the, like the top things they come to you for? Yeah. So I primarily work with women. I think it's just who I attract with my marketing and in my story and all of that. Um, a lot of things that they come, they, the initial feeling usually is like they feel stuck in some kind of way. They've probably done therapy before. And I like to like differentiate what I see therapy and coaching as. Um, because I think there's time and space for both. I did therapy for a long time. And I think therapy, at least like how I understand it is it's, it helps you like process the past. And there's a time and place for that. Like, you know, sharing and being in that space. And sometimes we need to be victim, right? We need to, for things that have, that have, that has happened so we could process them out. Um, coaching is more like, okay, given who you are, where you are, what you're doing, what do you want to create? And just really like helping overcome like those mental blocks that we all have. We're all conditioned in some kind of way. So women, it's particularly moms, or even if you know, I have clients who are not moms, but my podcast is geared towards moms. So I work with a lot of moms as well, but they feel stuck in some kind of way, whether it be their job, whether it be like, I just am not generally happy I don't know what it is I feel like I could be doing more like I believe that all people are creators and if we're not creating in some kind of way we either like stuffing that down to not feel dissatisfied or like damn what's next you know that kind of thing um some other things I think one of the biggest things even no matter what they come to me for it always boils down to like identifying and processing emotions because most of us just were not taught that as children. They're not teaching that at school. A lot of our parents didn't have the tools to do it themselves. So we didn't even see it being done. And so to be like, I'm to know I'm angry right now. I feel it here in my body. This is what it feels like. You know, this is where it's at. Like all these different questions that into that really helps you like process it out. Like we just don't do that. That's just not something that's being talked about. And so what ends up happening is we either are lashing out at our loved ones we are stuffing down emotions. We're putting others before us because we don't like conflict. Um, we're not assertive in our needs, you know, especially like intimate, right? Like our sexual needs or how we want to be treated, you know, with our spouses, our partners. So a lot of that is what we talk about. Um, conscious parenting is another big thing. I think that's on my platform. It kind of always goes back to that in a lot of different ways, because that's one of the big pivots I made in my parenting is, you know, I used to be a traditional parent where what I mean by that is I used to hit my kids, um, punishment, you know, all those things. And I just didn't, to me, obviously, especially black culture, like we do that because that's one, what we saw mostly and what we were taught. And then also we have a lot of fear in our parenting. So I would, I would, I would translate traditional parenting to fear-based parenting. Like I need to treat you a certain way and do a certain thing in order for you to be a good human being and go out here and do all the things. And so I didn't really like what that was doing though, to my relationship with my older, my older son, he was like 10, 11, 12, met preteen year. And it just, I think he was getting big enough where it was like, this is not right. And like, I still had an essence of allowing them to communicate. So I just didn't like the relationship. It just was drifting apart. And I started doing my own work and research and 
just learned a lot and like, man, like we actually don't have to hit our kids and where did he didn't come from and all these things. So a lot of moms that I work with is around like allowing your children to be full on human beings, you know, that we don't necessarily have to feel, you know, and treat them equally as we treat ourselves, as we would our partner, as we would our coworker, um, those kinds of things, unschooling, homeschooling, those are the main things. I think um, time management too. A lot of us want to do so much. We feel like we have no time until we really sit down and see how much time we're really wasting. So those are the main things. Yeah, wasting time. I know, right? <laughs> TV, YouTube, all of it. Girl, yes. <laughs> it's just so hard. You know, it's made to just have us stuck on that for sure. So yeah. And I like how you put um, the differences of like therapy and coaching where therapy is more so of the past and um, like releasing that trauma. And then with coaching, it's more so like the present and moving forward on what we want to create and how we want to move forward. I don't think I've ever yeah. heard it said that way. So yeah. yeah that, that I definitely- didn't make that up. I think I heard that somewhere, but I totally agree because for me, it felt like I was just spinning in therapy at some point. And it let me know, like, you know, I'm actually okay. None of this is going to go away that happened or that I went through. And it's like, now I'm just like showing up and just venting, you know, that's kind of what it felt like towards the end of that, which maybe something may up sure, like if his life happens, like therapy may need to come up again, you know, those kinds of things. But yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've had, I've done therapy also. And it, it, for me, it got to the point where it was like, we were so consumed with the past. I was ready to move forward. Like, okay, I really, (laughs) I've gotten it out. Like, can we stop talking about that now? (laughs) Yes, exactly. And I had actually didn't know I was done until like, you know, COVID happened. I wasn't really going to therapy anymore. And then I was like, I need to pick this back up. And they're like, okay, so what brings you in? I'm like, I don't even really feel like talking about it no more. Like, this is not even, I'm giving them like the real shortened version, but it's just, you know what I mean? They're like, okay. So, so I was like, man, so when I realized when I found coaching and like what it's done for me, it's like, this is what I need someone like that to push me. Like no matter what, like a coaches should, or typically in the coaching space, whoever you hire, like the, the biggest benefits for me as a client is like, they challenge my stories. Like there's so much that I can talk to you about and like, girl, I couldn't do this because this or that, or, well, yeah, I wasn't able to do like, they just challenge my stories, the stories that I think are true. And they like, it just kind of like show me my brain and and it's up to me to decide, like, is this how I want to keep living? Is this how I want to keep showing up? And if not, let's see what we want to create. Yeah, let's change it. Like, if this is not who you want to continue to be, then let's become, let's do something different. You know, let's try new things. And I I do, I do like the motivation part of it also, because uh, for me, like when having a coach, um, they provide that space to be like, okay, to to really see outside of your own box, right? Yeah. Be like, okay, so that happened. This is what we want to create. Now I'm going to push you to move forward. I'm going to challenge you to do these things so we can get out of this space that you're in. So yeah, appreciate the coaching world for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause it's, um, our brain, like I just look at it for me, it's like, my brain has gotten me this far. I need like another to like help, you know what I mean? To like pull me further. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. So mm-hmm. with doing coaching and then having your kids, your husband and the nursing, like all of that is like, you know, it's taking up a lot of mind space, a lot of mental space. So how do you find the time to do things that, 
you know, to focus on your business or to do things that Regina wants to do? Like, where does that time come in? Yeah, so calendar. I My Google calendar is has saved and continues to save my life. I put everything in there, even down. Now, sometimes I slip, but like in a perfect world for me, how I learned even through my coaching, like being coached, what was taught to me, um, it's like, you sit down on a Monday, you know, beginning of the week, whatever day somebody wants to. And what I do is like, I write out everything I want to do. You know, that might be, I want to go to the coffee shop for two hours, I, everything, whatever it is. And I literally just transfer that to my calendar um, and put that in, you know, well, Tuesday I have a free day. So I, and my husband doesn't have to leave to such a time. So I'm going to leave, you know, I put that in the calendar and I'm leaving then. Um, if I want to now have four kids, they're all at different ages. Like, of course, the older ones, like they're gone a lot. Um, especially my older, my oldest, uh, my younger ones, they're here, they don't go to school. So they're here with us. Um, and so we have a lot of one-on-one time with them. So like in the morning, I wake up early before anybody else. I always do. That just helps me get into the right mind space for me. So I have time alone every day um, that I'm not working the night before, obviously. And um, then when they get up, like I spend time with them, we may go for a walk, we do our breakfast stuff. Like it really, it seems like a lot, but I think it's because, and, and I get better and better. I box things, right? So I may have time frames where this is what I'm doing. And what I found, what I used to do was, okay, from six to eight, right? I am working on my business. Well, I'll be working on a business and I'll be scrolling too. Or I, and next thing you know, it's 25 minutes and I didn't been on Facebook. It's like, oh, I was, why did I get over here? <laughs> so I really try to focus on like what I'm doing at that time. And I utilize my resources. Like, for me, I know a lot of moms have a lot, it's a lot of like mom guilt and, and I definitely 100% understand that. I don't have much of that. And I think the only reason why is because I look at it differently. Like I don't look at myself as a mom before everything. I look like I'm a woman, I'm a mom also, but when my children are gone, like they're not the end of me. So I find that I'm able to show up better when I like feel in myself. So I utilize my resources. I may call my sister. Hey, do you think you can watch him for a couple of hours? We have a YMCA membership. You better believe that sometimes I'm going in there and I'm doing work. Like instead of going to work out, I may go hit the hot tub instead of, you know, going to work out. Like that's my time to do what I want to do. So yeah. I really just try to you know, decide what I want to get done. And sometimes, of course, with all my my crazy schedule, it may not be the same time every week, but I at least have a list, you know, this is what I want to do this week and just really stick to that when I'm supposed to be working on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I like to ask this question because it gives me like this wide open view of like how other people utilize their time and how they um, consider and determine what time management is for them. And so it it has that wide open view for me to be able to see, okay, like, it, and that's like the theme also, it's like blocking, using the calendar, and not everyone does that, right? So right. it's like, those things are important to be able to, you know, manage your time and be able to have that time uh, put out for yourself, for you to do the things that you want to do. And then also having that time to focus on, you know, other priorities like your kids, your husband, and then the work and all, all of that. So I, yeah. I, I do like to ask that just to kind of see like, how are other people really managing their time? Because it also helps me because I'm not the best expert. <laughs> at time. Yeah. And and also too, like time blocking didn't help, did not work for me. I tried to do that where I like blocked everything out. It became overwhelming, but like, I still like have to reconnect. I have it 
literally, girl, I have it right here. This is me. Literally, I'm doing a time journal for the next seven days where I have literally down to the second what I'm doing. And the reason why I do this every now and again is so I can look back and I can really look at where I'm spending my time. So I do that for like, I'm going to do at least seven. I might do 14. I can't do a long term because it's literally every second, like every five, like whatever I'm doing, it's all there. Listen, I've tried to do that. Like there was a program that I was in and she was like adamant about doing this time journal. And I swear I kept it up for about a day. <laughs> yeah, it's, it can be hard. I'm like, this is a job. <laughs> it's to- a whole job. It's a whole it job. Is. But Just I think right because there. I am, and I've done it before and quit too, don't get me wrong. But I think for me, it's like, I know how important my time is like, besides my mind it's the most important thing I have right so I just really and and, and I just really try to get in the space if I can't really manage time is managing my activities so like what do you want to get done what results do you want to have and look at the activities you're doing are they aligning yeah yeah and it, it does it really does help to see like where you're wasting time and then what time you're utilizing that you could possibly delegate to someone else so that you can really put forth that creativity into your business that's going to be the money-making activities for you to generate that income. So yes, it's definitely, uh, I, I've seen it in action really work, but <laughs> it's, it's hard. It's hard for me to do it for myself. <laughs> yeah. And if I miss, I just pick right back up. Like if yeah. I miss, say, say I miss an hour or two, or maybe I just go out even like, dang, I forgot. I'm just going to pick right back up, yeah. you know? Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. That's super awesome. So I want to go back because you mentioned your grandmother being a really good support system of like who Regina is today. And uh, I want to know more about that. What was that relationship like? And the reason why I ask is because there are a lot of people who have that support system that really encourage that person to go for their dreams or really be a positive influence in in your life. But then there's others who may have grown up that really didn't have that, but would like to be an entrepreneur or be a nurse. So like, how was that relationship just to kind of encourage someone who didn't have that support? in their life yeah so my grandmother I was the first of her grandkids and so I think that kind of shined a light there like the first always oh my god you know so for a few years it was just me um and as I got older my grandmother not perfect by any means but the one thing that looking back that she did for me and I think that it's easy for grandparents to do when they're not raising you is like really spent quality time right like really like saw you as a human being whereas us parents sometimes we just get so busy in the day-to-day and we're like oh dang I didn't even get to hug you today or you know like for example um I had laid on the couch today on my five-year-old my seven-year-old plan well you don't ever come and lay on me you know and it's like well dang I haven't done that in a while you know so but they're watching and they need that no matter what age so for me she kind of filled in in spaces where my mom just, I mean, she did the best she could. She was single for a long time, had four children as well, and just had to work a lot. So, you know, and and not, and then also her own trauma, right? Like me as, as an adult woman, being able to look back that she was also working through while trying to provide the best for us. So she kind of filled in in that gap. And what I remember, and still to this day, um, like, for example, she called me, like if I'm first of all, I'm the black sheep of my family, honestly, like I think a lot, I've always been different, like on my thought processes and the things I do with my kids as a person and all that. 
Um, and I'll say that what I respect and, 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 and appreciate is that she's going to be honest no matter what. Sometimes that doesn't feel good. Sometimes you're like, well, dang, you had to say it like that or, you know, whatever. But she's going to tell me what she feels I need to hear. I get to accept that how I want. Um, secondly, like just really, you know, we have people that we probably do this with as well, that we support, we love, you know, and we really care for, wish the best, but we sometimes forget to like, say that, to like reach out to, you know, Hey, I'm rooting you on. Hey, you know, how's that project going? Those kinds of things where, you know, and I really appreciate that. Like my grandma, she listens to my podcast. She's like, I'm just going to tell you, you need a TV show, everything you're saying. Like, we need to hear that black people need to hear it. And da, da, da. you know, stuff she would say, it's like, wow, you really taking the time out to like, listen to the stuff I have to say. Um, and I feel like sometimes in our families, for some reason, family and they tell you all the time in entrepreneurship like family is the last folks to really support you in a really big way and I've done actually some research around that and hearing from different people about the different you know bigger people who have done the research on it as well it's like they see you as who you used to be and they just sometimes hard to see you outside of that and then sometimes it's also triggering because if you're doing X, Y, Z, well, then maybe I should be too and kind of like feeling some kind of way about themselves. And so it might be hard to support. So I guess to answer the question, like she was outwardly supportive. Like I have people in my family that I know are like rooting me and, and people I grew up with and things like that. But she it was and continues to like speak her mind, say, hey, you got this. Um, and for anybody who doesn't have that, to be very honest, like, what I had to realize, because there were certain, there's certain areas that I, you know, didn't have that, or I may struggle with now. It's really being your own support system. And then also, sometimes we want certain people to be that for us that just can't for whatever reason, but we have some other people that we maybe aren't even paying attention to that can be that for us, that would be that if, you know, we were to ask and, and you know, ask for that support in whatever way we need ready to grow your audience, automate your marketing, and sell your digital products? ConvertKit is the go-to marketing hub for creators that simplifies your marketing by combining powerful automations with an easy-to-use interface. With this marketing hub, you're able to increase your subscribers with beautiful landing pages and sign-up forms that make you stand out as a creator. You also have the tools you need to create lasting connections and market and sell your digital products and subscriptions like a pro with their visual editor and powerful sales funnels. Grow and monetize your audience with ease. Join ConvertKit with my exclusive link and receive a 14-day trial. As a special thanks, you'll also receive a one-hour complimentary business strategy session with me to explore what your needs are to grow your business, review your current marketing strategy, and explore ways to up-level your marketing. Sign up today by visiting www.nicolerrichardson.com forward slash ConvertKit or click the link in the show notes of this episode. Once you signed up, send me an email to receive your free one-hour strategy session. I think it's amazing that you have that positive influence in your life also, and then someone who is supporting you on uh, with what you're doing now, because like I said, not a lot of people like have that encouragement. And then, like you said, with family, a lots of, they don't see us outside of who they know us as. And um, there's, there's a lot we can go into with that <laughs> in itself, yes. right? With my son, I really try to like instill that positivity into him also when he doubts himself or when either one of them doubt themselves. 
you know, I'm like, you're the best at this. You you can really do this. And it's not like for them to be conceited in what they're doing. It's really to encourage them and, to, and for them to know that they can really go forward with what they want. Mm-hmm. And so that they don't ever feel like, oh, you know, my mother doubted me. I don't ever want them to feel that when they get older. Like I want them yeah. to know that like they had that space and opportunity to really get pushed along with whatever they wanted to do. So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up about doubt too, because I don't know, do you listen to the rapper Toby? Nimwingwe? I'm saying his name so wrong. My kids and I went to see him. Very an amazing artist and his um wife. They like rap together, they perform, they had their kids on their show, very family-centered. Um, but I love what he said. I went to his concert and he had talked about that. His mom didn't support him. Um, she very much uh doubted, you know, what he was going to become. I think he had quit doing something else that she thought he should do. And they're from maybe Africa, somewhere over there. But um, he talks about that and his conversation talking about that and then just learning and listening to other people's perspectives around it is looking at it in a different perspective too. Like when our family doubts us, um, maybe sometimes discourages us to go forward. A lot of times it's not, and from their perspective, like for us to experience something bad, like they're just sometimes fearful, right? Like they don't want things to go wrong. They don't want us to jump out there, especially like as our kids get older, like, you know, my son's going to be 18. You know, he may, I may get fearful. He's like, oh, I'm just going to jump out and do this. Like, we're just like, I just want you to be safe. I want everything to work out well for you. And if you don't have your mind managed, then you may want to try to control like their life and what they have going on. And because you don't want them to suffer, you don't want them to fail. You don't want them to feel that. And so I really try to just manage my mind around the understand that about other people, right? And that like, they have their own reasons for feeling how they are and they also manage my mind to know and understand that like life is about that it's about trying something and failing and things not working out there is no person that has really you know been successful and reached like these crazy dreams that did not have a trail of failures behind them yeah yeah 100 percent. and you know like you said it's about that perspective too because it's like if someone is putting their doubt on someone else it's because of something that they tried and didn't succeed in and so now it's like that fear of it may not be you know working out for someone else and a lot of time it is out of love but that love can be what stifles our growth at at a, a lot of times and so like I try to you know make sure that I just, I I push him because I know that, you know, I know that that can be a block um, for them because we have like society already kind of telling us who we can and can't be. It's like not having someone that you live with, your parent really stifling that growth for you as well. Yeah, like they'll be able to look back and be like, no matter what, my mom was like, you can do it, you know, no matter what, no matter what. Yeah, I love that too. And I tried to also incorporate the conversation of like, failing is actually normal. You know, I I actually, um, I did a pitch last week for this contest and I just felt so horribly. Like this video was just a hot mess and I had my kids doing it with me and it was, it was just a whole hot mess. And I'm like, oh my God. But it was like really good for like my older kids to see me like fumble and struggle with what I'm saying and get frustrated and, you know, maybe, maybe not win the contest. Who knows? You know, that was really good to see that because in society, like you go on IG right now, you see the successful people, like they're just putting the the whole good life, like, you know, and they're, and I know personally people I know who are like making really good money in real estate and different things like that. But I knew you 10 years ago, like, and I've known like along the way, but 
I just, for me, like, I want to always like share that perspective because nobody went unless you had money in your family and it was that easy, that kind of way it was already paid for you. Like everybody has like those trials and those, those times where you just want to quit. You don't know if you're doing the right thing. You're like, you know, you're fumbling on it. Like even our investments, so much went bad with that, but like we did it and we learned so much from it. So I just really try to be as transparent, I guess, as possible with like people that are watching me and seeing what I'm doing and even like people in my household. Oh my God. And that is like another thing in itself with social media, like only showing the highlight reel. Most people aren't going to show their failures or the downfalls and all of that. So we scroll through social media and especially the kids are scrolling through social media, seeing all the the goodness, all the, you know, good things that people post and are not really seeing that like (laughs) there were things that they had to go through to even get to the place that they are right now. Um, So yeah, it's (sighs) social media is is good and it's bad. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And we're the first generation like raising kids who were raised in it, right? Like we didn't have it as bad when we were young. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I didn't have social media didn't really come into play for me until like I was in high school. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, me too. And it wasn't and it wasn't like we, we didn't even have the phone's capability to just be scrolling. Was, okay. You know what I mean? You had to get on the computer and <laughs> we, we rushing home from school to get on AOL and yes. update a Black Planet and MySpace page. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't so much part of our life. We're like now, girl, it's all they know. So I just I just try to have those conversations, honestly. I mean, hell, I don't know what's going to happen. I just try to like have those conversations, be authentic, make sure they see, like they see me using screen time on my phone. My son the other day was like, why do you have screen time on your phone? You're an adult. Uh, because I am also capable of being addicted. Like they're not going to get me. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Showing them that you are also human as well. So yeah. I love that. So before we close out, uh, I'm not even sure how long we've been, but I've enjoyed the conversation. Me too, me too. <laughs> really um, what are five things or five ways that you can share that would help someone really, um, and we've kind of talked about it, but um, to help them take the jump into entrepreneurship or going forward with what they want to do and just create that path, that life that they really desire. Mm, yeah. I just thought it there on the spot too. <laughs> yeah, clearly, because I'm like, uh. <laughs> That's so funny. I love it. Um, Okay. So these may not be in a certain order. um, So none more important than the other, but I'll just say as they come to mind, I think one, uh, one thing for sure is that don't focus on the how. So many people, myself included, even when I started my podcast before, I mean, I was kind of going back and forth for, you know, a few, honestly, probably like two years. I'm sorry. I don't know how, what, all this. When we focus on the how, we won't end up doing it. And the reason why is because we don't know the how, like it's impossible. Like if someone decided they want to follow my exact full step footsteps, they, they're a nurse for 10 years. They want to do exactly what I'm doing. And they're like, Hey girl, let me know what are the steps you took to get where you're going or what you're doing. I can like literally write everything down and give that to them and their path will be different. And yeah. And also when they do get to say, they do decide to jump out and they do get to, you know, three years from now, they got everything they wanted and all that. They could have never predicted that. Like however, whatever path they thought they was going to follow, it changed. So we focus on the how, then we aren't going to get started. We just need to make the decision. So I feel like make the decision of what you want to do, understand 
So don't focus on the how, make the decision of what you want to do. I think it's really important for people to understand too, how our minds work. So when we're doing something new, our mind, so we have that primitive side of our brain that is not meant to help us thrive. It's just supposed to help us survive. So that means it will do any and everything to keep us from trying new things. It wants to keep us safe. You know, so anytime you're talking about starting a new business, trying anything, it's like, wait, hold on. That's not you. This is why it won't work. You need to do all this and that first. And so that's what keeps holding us back. So deciding, knowing that ahead of time and understanding that, then you'll see the like confusion, not knowing what's next. Like all these different things are ways that our brain decides to spin in to keep us safe. Mm. So that's three. Um, I would say definitely give yourself grace. I think that we're in a society where we're taught subliminally and directly that we must succeed, that things must look good, that we must do the right thing. We are so afraid of making the wrong decision that most people are going to die with these amazing dreams and goals because they just don't want to be wrong. They just cannot fail. Um, I have my own thoughts about that. I think that it starts obviously in our our homes when we're younger, um, but those adults also learned that, like our caregivers learned that when we were like in school, like you got your red pen out and you're getting marked if you get things wrong and you can't share answers with other people. Like we're just conditioned from a very early age that getting things perfect is the way you want it to be. And so if we can understand that and try to work through that and understand like, actually, that's not true at all, especially if you're going to do entrepreneurship, you're going to do the wrong thing. That's inevitable. We can maybe embrace that a little more. Um, I think that's four. And then the fifth one, I would say really taking on two thoughts. I'll just, two came to my mind. One, that there are no wrong answers. There are no wrong choices. You just decide with the information you have now, what's the next step you're going to take and you just go for it. Because when you do it, you then will know more than you know now, right? You'll know then, even if it was the wrong path, okay, that didn't work. Now I know that doesn't work. Whereas now, like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, make a decision and pivot from there. And the other one was um, Marie Forleo. She has a book called Everything is Figureoutable. And I really love that book because it just really just it just really helped to hone in on like there really is not much in this world that we can't figure out. So, you know, what I mean, you make a decision, you go for it. If it all goes to hell, you can figure it out from there. And that's with everything and kind of knowing that can kind of take off the anxiety around trying something new. Yeah, I love that. I do love her book also. And that's like a mantra for me. I'm like, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. <laughs> I want to yeah. do something. I'll figure it out. I love, love all the, I think you gave seven actually. Baby so. girl, listen, that yeah. sound like me just talking. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, in my head, they were like concepts. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. And thank you for sharing that. So where can people find you? Mention your podcast. I know you said you had a podcast. So where can we find you um, after this episode? Sure. So reach me directly um, is info at Regina Sloan coaching.com R-E-G-I-N-A and it's Sloan S as in Sam L-O-A-N Regina Sloan coaching.com. And then on social media. So my podcast is Moms Who Achieve. I do currently have um, the Facebook and the Instagram for that. 
Um, but I'm finding that it is extremely hard to run a personal business page and a podcast business page. So pretty soon, I think all that's going to go to just me and that's coach Regina Sloan on Instagram and then just Regina Sloan on Facebook. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your journey, sharing your story and, um, just allowing me to tap into who Regina Sloan is. So thank you. Thank Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for joining. And that's a wrap for today's episode of the Mompreneur Exclusive. Remember, as a mompreneur, you're not alone. And there is a community of women who support and empower each other. Don't forget to visit our website, mompreneurexclusive.com, for additional resources and be sure to connect with us on social media. We'll be back next week with another inspirational episode. Until then, Keep chasing your dreams and balancing motherhood and entrepreneurship with compassion and grace. Thanks for tuning in.